0: Hello, I'm Zanelle Butelezi, and welcome to China Africa Talk. As China eases its COVID-19 measures at home, we look at the country's support for Africa's fight against the pandemic with Dr. He Wamping, senior research fellow
1: with the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. When this COVID-19 broke out. It's very natural. Uh, China immediately, quickly make action uh, to work with Africa and to help Africa in all kinds of ways. In
0: Egypt, Dr. Islam Anand, lecturer at Shams University in Cairo, shares his perspective on the impacts of the China-Egypt's cooperation in fighting COVID-19.
2: So the technology transfer is not only for Sinovac vaccine, it's for any new vaccine that we would like to manufacture in the future that can help egypt and can help our neighbors as well in the african continent
0: china has played an important role in the fight against covid 19 in africa providing medical assistance expertise and vaccines to many countries speaking at a meeting of the forum on china africa cooperation in august Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi said the two sides have built a strong shield against the virus in Africa. He stated at the time that China had provided 189 million vaccine doses to 27 African countries. The foreign minister also said the joint production of vaccines in Africa now has a capacity of 400 million doses. Additionally, the China funded Africa CDC headquarters in Ethiopia is expected to be completed soon. How has China's assistance impacted Africa's response to COVID 19? Now, to discuss this further, I'm joined by Dr. He Wamping, Africa expert and senior research fellow with the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We saw when COVID hits many countries, the reaction, especially for many countries in the West, was to stockpile vaccines for their own people. But uh, the situation was different for China. China decided to be one of the few countries that reached out to the developing world, especially countries like those in Africa and help out in their fights against this pandemic. So what's your assessment of this uh, move by China, as well as uh, China's cooperation with Africa in fighting the pandemic? Uh,
1: Yes, as you rightly put forward, uh, comparing with those uh, Western countries, uh, you know, they even keep those vaccines uh, in their own warehouse and not willing to share uh, with, uh, you know, this uh, uh, badly needed uh, those uh, developing country, even at least the developing country. But uh, China, I think China belongs the very first, uh, 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 you know, the country to put forward this uh, accessibility and affordability issue of COVID-19 vaccine uh, for developing countries. I can remember uh, this kind of call coming from uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping when he delivered uh, you know a uh, talk uh, speech at the uh, seventeenth World Health Assembly that the video conference took place uh, on May eighteen, 2020 uh, by that time. Uh, you know even China itself uh, remain at the stage of uh, inventing and doing research and testing about the China made vaccine. So as early as that time, and China already, uh, you know, call upon the international society to focus on these two uh, very fundamental issue. Yeah, accessibility and affordability of those uh, vaccine for developing country. Uh, you cannot just pay attention uh, to your own citizen uh, because now you know, this uh, global development is not balanced the rich country, powerful country, you have those uh, expertise, you have those capacity, you have those money and the resources uh, to uh, develop uh, your own vaccine. Uh, but uh, you just uh, cure your own citizen and even those extra one, those doses of vaccine put in the warehouse and not want to share with other country, they're badly in need. Uh, I don't think that this is the uh, good way And even in terms of uh, this uh, global uh, community for shared this health, you know, the health issue Mm -hmm. and like uh, climate change issue, even anti-terror issue, all those issues, they cannot be just uh, dealt with within one country's territory. Uh, These are all global issues. They can easily across the border and uh, affected another country, even whole uh, region and the global village as well. So we have to unite it together, thinking the way, uh, in a global concern. We have, if there is a like a WHO often said, if uh, Africa suffered from COVID-19, and then you cannot say the COVID-19 now the pandemic is over. Even one single country not over, and then the globally is not over.
0: So how do you think African countries have benefited from the medical assistance provided by China, including, you know, the purchasing or as well as getting access to donated vaccines from China? Yes, basically, there are
1: two kinds of ways China has been offering uh, this uh, vaccine support. Uh, I think it's December in the Senegal uh, capital city Dakar, China-Africa Cooperation Forum. Uh, you know, those uh, initiative has been made from that forum said very clear, uh, we put the health issue at the top concern. And the saying China will offer uh, the total uh, is, uh, I think it's uh, uh, one billion doses. Yeah, one billion doses vaccine. So among those one billion doses, and then, like, uh, 400 million doses will be development assistance, uh, China offer, uh, without any money you need to pay. And then another, the rest of them, uh, well, you, you know, from an, like, joint, uh, this, uh, producing, uh, this is like, a uh, give fish, uh, is, uh, only can help people maybe survive one or two days, but to teach how to fishing, uh, that's the fundamental, uh, way of help can uh, official for the person uh in the entire life so that is why uh we also work very hard uh to team together with African country to build their own to make their own vaccine so i think uh started from uh egypt and Morocco now the egyptian uh company yeah you know, with the help from chinese uh company and the expertise uh last year i think it's since uh July last year, they're already uh, successful. And uh, recently, I even got to know, uh, Egyptians made uh, this vaccine not only meet their own demand, also export uh, to like uh, Sudan, South Sudan, and even Palestinian uh, in the Middle East. So you see the good things uh, when you share good story, if you share with other people becoming uh, too good story. Uh, You see, this is a spillover. Uh, this is beneficial not only Egypt themselves and now spill over offer helping hand uh, to many other countries as well so it was also not
0: no surprise to see China last year standing with the developing countries in calling for the world trade Organization to waive intellectual property restrictions coronavirus uh, vaccines. That was the call from countries such as South Africa in terms of, you know, trying to make vaccines more accessible. And China got behind that call. So what does that tell us
1: about China's strategy or approach to the pandemic? Oh, yes, exactly. Uh, The point you made, I think that's another very important uh, point. Uh, That is because the pandemic uh, is not like any other uh, those uh, you know uh, uh, intellectual property issue uh, because this uh, relates with uh, people's life. Uh, this also relates with uh, this international health security uh, because it has been widespread all over the world. Uh, it caused a big blow uh, to not only uh, uh, put people's health in danger, the life in danger, Also, uh, make a a great negative impact on global economy. That is why you cannot compare in this uh, those uh, you know vaccine issue uh, like those uh, intellectual uh, property restriction those things uh, compare with any other uh, those invention like TV uh, like uh, some mobile phone and this that. But now this vaccine is uh, very urgent. Because if you delay the process and then that will take a lot of lives away. Uh, So definitely you should have a special policy towards uh, this urgent issue. That is why uh, China echoed uh, Africans this call, uh, African country this call, uh, joined uh, this call and then uh, calling for WTO to waive intellectual property. These restrictions uh, for those uh, uh, COVID-19, these vaccines, because this is really thinking from the way, like people first, health first. China's uh, efforts in Africa have not come
0: without, you know, scrutiny, especially from countries in the West. They have criticized China, accusing it of using COVID diplomacy. Do you think it was fair for, for countries or for some to focus on, on criticizing efforts that were being done by China, in order to help countries that did
1: not have the means to fight against this pandemic? Of course, this is a groundless, uh, this kind of uh, uh, accusation. Uh, when you see the people are dying and then uh, yourself not offered the help, helping hand and then even finger pointing to others, uh, this uh, uh, humanitarian assistance, uh, even re- saying this is a so-called uh, vaccine diplomacy, uh, I think uh, they cannot convince any people. Uh, when the people, you know, are dying, and then of course they need badly. Need is the helping hand uh, to save those lives. How come this called uh, uh, vaccine diplomacy?
0: You mentioned also the Dakar meeting that took place last year in November of the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation, where President Xi Jinping proposed, among other things, that over the next four years, China and Africa should collaborate on fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. How do you see this cooperation continuing post-COVID-19?
1: Of course, uh, as we just discussed before, uh, we're now helping building uh, those uh, capacity, uh, health capacity in Africa. And like uh, we mentioned, this uh, headquarters uh, of African Center for Disease Control and Prevention, and also like uh, a training. Uh, like a part, uh, partner hospital building between Chinese hospital and African hospital, and also uh, like uh, uh, vaccine making, uh, producing vaccine, to get a vaccine together with uh, African countries all together. So all of those are covering a number of things, infrastructure, uh, like CDC headquarter building, and also, like a laboratory, uh, there's a uh, building and uh, to training uh, the personnel, uh, those human resources training, and also like a vaccine, uh, we now waiver uh, those intellectual uh, this property rights, so, so on and so forth, so many. Apart from those uh, things, just focus on health itself. We also now uh, focus on the economic recovery. Uh, there's a virus uh, affected economy in Africa like uh, now I have been heard, uh, heard a lot of story like uh, China uh, waiver those colder uh, like uh, tax uh, for importing uh, more and more Africans commodities uh, into China market. And also since focus on this digital economic cooperation with African countries. So all those uh, efforts, uh, even coming from economic side, that is also a helping hand uh, to support this health security, because uh, if you're just talking about the health, health, by the without economic, uh, this strength to back up, uh, then health, this, uh, you know, uh, capacity building, also short of a very strong foundation.
0: Now, let's go to Egypt, where the country's collaboration with China has not only benefited the North African nation, but also many countries in Africa and beyond. Last year, Egypt became the first country to produce locally made COVID-19 vaccines with the support of China. The country has since manufactured tens of millions of doses of the Sinovac Vaxira vaccine as well as opened a vaccine cooling storage in Cairo. I spoke with Dr. Islam Anan, a lecturer of health policy and health economics, and epidemiology at Einsheims University on this collaboration. So if we can just maybe get a bit of understanding, first of all, on this cooperation between China and Egypt in the fight against COVID-19, what's your view? How did you see it unfold?
2: So basically, uh, when COVID started to be a pandemic early 2020, and later on the discovery of vaccines and the discovery of some treatments that will be repurposed for the treatment, it was uh, really obvious we have a big problem of supply chain between the countries all over the world, as well as uh, an equitable access to vaccines and treatments. So in terms of collaboration between countries, it was actually necessity. However, we couldn't see uh, this fair or equitable access or distribution happening between all countries. And here comes a lot of good examples about countries who are actually collaborated together in terms to achieve equity and efficiency in supply chain as well. One of the significant examples is actually the collaboration happened between the Chinese government and China as well as Egypt. So um, even from vaccine perspective, as you know, most of the countries worldwide didn't commit to the uh, COVAX fair distribution of vaccine. And hence, there was a delay of vaccines to most of the African countries. Uh, China actually helped Egypt in terms of two things, actually. First of all is uh, sending Sinovac vaccine to Egypt till we are actually signing what's actually most important uh, technology transfer of the vaccine itself so y- you can just uh, send help with some vaccines or shipments and so on but what's actually important is to transfer the technology of how to manufacture the vaccine itself egypt for example we actually contracted with covax early at the covid but due to uh, actually uh, censorship of vaccines, the banning of shipment to get out to COVAX for the first distribution, we ended up having the contracts, but there is no shipments. So I, I guess this is the first point of collaboration and one of the most significant. And secondly is uh, the supplies. The supplies coming in terms of, uh, for example, the first shipments of uh, medical supplies and equipment, necessary for protection and also the the joint research transfer between the Egyptian research centers and the Chinese research center. So these are three main pillars of collaboration that were actually very important, significant between the two countries.
0: I see what's interesting here is that it was not a one-way stream in terms of the assistance, because early on when uh, COVID started, Egypt provided medical assistance to China, And uh, also we saw Egypt participate in clinical trials, the third phase of clinical trials of China's Sinovac vaccine. So how important was this in laying out the foundation for this strengthened partnership between Egypt and uh, China with regards to fighting this pandemic, especially in Egypt, as well as, you know, the influence this went on to have on other countries on the African continent?
2: Yeah, that's actually the win-win situation you mentioned, the two-way communication and collaboration. It got a very nice story behind the medical supplies Egypt sent to China, Egypt even sent to Italy, which is once the pandemic started, we've been able to redirect the factories who are actually not designated or designed to make medical protective equipment like masks and gloves to start manufacturing. And they internally inside Egypt transferred the technology between the factories who were actually manufacturing gloves and masks to other factories and redesigned them for that. And that's how we end up with a surplus. We didn't have any shortage in supplies. And we managed to as well transfer this actually transformational factories to other countries and as well help in shipments to the European countries and to uh, China and as well as other sorry other Asian countries, in terms of how this will impact and how it impacted actually uh, the African continent as well. We are African uh, by the end of uh, uh, things, and Egypt is actually the oldest country in terms of drugs manufacturing and medication manufacturing, and the biggest uh, distributor and the biggest uh, actually uh, exporter of medications in North Africa. So we, we can say that it's, it's a hub for many uh, multinational companies in terms of remanufacturing their medications inside Egypt and then start the supply chain again to the African continent. And this is actually something that we can help with. Having a technology transfer, for example, for vaccines from Sinovac from China to Egypt is not only intended for Egypt's uh, local uh, needs and to satisfying all the citizens to be having the vaccines easily, but as well as being a gate to the African countries as well, having uh, their vaccines fair and square and on time, on a timely manner. For the third part, which is actually very important as well, is clinical trial. Egypt participated with a big mega site for a research site for clinical trial with Sinovac for testing the stage, uh, actually clinical trial stage three which is assessing the efficacy and participating in generating the results of Sinovac. These three pillars you mentioned is actually very important, as you mentioned, not only for the Egyptian local needs, but as well as African needs in total.
0: You're talking here about the plants uh, that China supported in setting up there in Egypt to produce COVID-19 vaccines And uh, Egypt became the first country, as you say, to produce these vaccines domestically on the continent. So since June last year, up until now, what has been your assessment in the performance of this plant?
2: To start with a very short answer is we managed to have covered actually the, the most vulnerable population at first, which is 22 million Egyptians suffering from chronic diseases or uh, senior citizens above 65 years old, or the healthcare professionals. And that was our first priority. And then we managed as well to uh, avoid any shortage in vaccine in terms of local needs. And we managed to export the rest on a as spare or what's called at-cost basis to the other, other countries. So uh, the technology transfer was easy because uh, we already have plans for vaccine. We do have what's called Vaxera. So Vaxera is a a vaccine manufacturing plant, which is manufacturing the vaccines for most of the uh, primary vaccine plan for children. And it was easy just to inject a new technology and to come up with a platform that will be easy to uh, manufacture the uh, Sinovac. Another important point is it's not only Sinovac. So maybe in a year or two, we will not be in need for a vaccine for COVID, but we will be in need for, for example, uh, another vaccine manufacturing. Maybe we will do have, I hope, in two or three years, a vaccine for HIV, for example. We can have uh, good vaccines that we can uh, start manufacturing Egypt based on the technology we already transferred for Sinovac. So the technology transfer is not only for Sinovac vaccine, it's for any new vaccine that we would like to manufacture in the future that can help Egypt and can help our neighbours as well in the African continent.
0: So this partnership, you'd say, it has not only benefited um, the fight against COVID-19, but we are also looking forward um, towards the future and uh, you know, having the right skills as well as maybe fighting future pandemics.
2: Exactly. Yes, that's the point. Uh, We hope in maybe in 2023, the pandemic declaration will be over and it will be just a seasonal uh, disease. And hence, there is a need to generate a platform for all of us. And I hope that, and that's actually the plan, the technology transfer will not end at Egypt level. It will be cascaded to another countries as well in the African continent. It will be important if we can have two or three hubs inside Africa, who can actually again remanufacture vaccines and necessary medications. And for that, uh, it's necessary as well to transfer not only the technology to build a platform for vaccine, but also for supply chain. We've seen in, during COVID in many countries that there is a lot of vaccines manufactured, but because of uh, poor supply chain or because of uh, prolonged transportation, there is an expiry uh, reach before uh, the reach to the people' uh, hands. So, uh, investing in another hubs in Africa, investing in supply chain in terms of resources, whether the resources we are talking about, human resources and, and necessary training that they need to take. We are talking about financial resources or aids, and uh, if we are talking as well as technological uh, resources, which is very important in supply chain, but. Uh, over uh, than the resources, it's very important to add as well processes. We need standard operating procedures in Egypt, in the African countries and in the hubs that we are aiming to be found in the African countries uh, to operate easily in terms of having a unified protocol for Africa. Uh, there is an idea of having, and it was launched actually one year and a half ago, an African agency for medications, African medication agency that will help regulate all the African countries together in terms of exporting and importing. Uh, Because the laws and regulations for each and every country in Africa are actually different. So if we'd like to export from Egypt, we are actually facing the Egyptian laws and then we are facing the laws in the other African country. And because of that, the capacity of exporting for Egypt, for example, in the African continent, is not even reaching 20 percent. It can be four times what we are exporting at the collaboration can be four times what's happening right now.
0: And uh, just to wrap up, in your opinion, what has been the biggest achievement of China's response to COVID-19 in general? What has stood out to you, would you say?
2: Basically, the infrastructure of technology, that was actually the zero strategy for COVID is fascinating. It's a very good case study. And we usually teach that at the university right now is how China managed to have an IT infrastructure to be able to trace and detect all the cases of COVID or any suspect of COVID. And then with a simple technology to tell them that you are already near a COVID patient, you need to go to the isolation, you need to test for COVID. The Zero Concept managed to have a very successful response. Uh, COVID maybe started at China level, but looking at the figures, at the mortality rates, we can see that they managed efficiently to go through the pandemic and go through the big wave of uh, fatalities and uh, morbidity and disease uh, management. It was really great. In terms of resources as well, it was really a nice example as well of how to build hospitals in just one week to build a field hospital treat isolate manage and then refer if needed for all the people along above 1.5 billion population i guess these two uh, actions stand out of the crowd in terms of crisis management
0: that was dr islam annan lecturer of health policy and health economics and pharmacoepidemiology at Ayn Shams University on Egypt's collaboration with China in the fight against COVID-19. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. Please share your thoughts on this topic in the comments section. And don't forget to subscribe for more episodes of thought-provoking discussions on issues related to China-Africa cooperation. And with that, goodbye for now.